This is the Bye Boy Play Podcast, the Bye Hard Duke Basketball Bands Podcast. Whew, 48 hours after that game, it takes a long time to kind of digest what you actually watched. You got a lot of emotions immediately after. You try to let it set it in. And um, I know, AC, after, after that game, that uh, I was pretty hot. I was pretty hot. I hate losing to Carolina. I thought that uh, a lot of initial reactions after watching that game, before even hearing John Shire, Jeremy Roach, Sherry McCain talk after the game, it was kind of the same. I thought that um, we were the better team, but the effort didn't match up. And so when you're trying to, you know, I'm just going to get my piece real quick, and then we got our, our boy's eye on us, so we're going to get to him. But my piece real quick is, is that it was an emotional game against the number three team in the country at their place in a naturally rivalry, arch rival game where the emotions are elevated to levels unknown. Carolina brought the energy. They maintained it for basically 40 minutes. We had our spurts where we had energy, but I didn't think that we that we matched it, and apparently neither did Shire, neither did uh, Jared McCain, neither did Jeremy Roach. So, um, you know, those are things that hopefully we can that we can fix before we play them again March 9th, but also before we play Notre Dame on Wednesday. So <laughs> we'll get to all of our reactions. We're going to break this game down. We're going to talk about some fan overreactions, and then we'll preview the Notre Dame and Boston College game. But first things first, Zion, appreciate you uh, joining us. It's, it's not the way we wanted to bring you on, Zion. We wanted to do it after a win, but we appreciate you being a trooper and um, coming on here. Kind of what are your uh, – just, you know, I gave my quick 30-second elevator pitch of my reactions. What we'll say you, um, you know, coming kind of, you know, letting the game sink in after a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, first off, I appreciate y'all for, you know, inviting me, AC. Always, you know, like I said, I told you, always got respect for what y'all doing. Glad you are uh, building up for sure. Um, my initial reactions, I think I kind of touched on it um, post-game a little bit and, you know, um, just a little bit on Twitter. Um, I don't think I'm as mad as, you know, I could be over a UNC loss. Um I think, you know, TK hit it on the head. It's always bad to bad to lose to UNC. And, you know, um, it's always bad to be in the rivalry and kind of, you know, see the reactions of UNC fans flooding your mentions constantly after a game like this. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, kind of like I told you all before the show, I felt like we played out of character. Um, effort wasn't there um, for the most part. Um, the turnovers, a team that, you know, has typically been good with keeping the ball Um uh, in their possession, uh, turn the ball over consistently. Um, and I do feel like a lot of it was unforced turnovers. It wasn't UNC, although UNC gets a lot of credit for their defense. I don't feel like, you know, that was a situation where UNC was just like outplaying us defensively. But, you know, um, I think I think we had a lot of um, good moments, at least from Jeremy McCain. Jeremy Rhodes did what he does. I mean, you can't really – Ask for more, especially a guy just still coming back off an injury. Um, and yeah, I thought you know we could have got more out of our sophomore class, of course, specifically um, Tyrese, Mark Mitchell. Although uh, uh, Tyrese did a great job defensively um, on RJ Davis, um, Flip obviously was you know ended up twenty two. I think nine of seventeen it was the stat line. He he he. The numbers look good. 
But, you know, I think we still could have got more out of him, especially defensively. Um, but, yeah, overall, I felt like it wasn't – it's not a – to me, it wasn't a red flag game, just to, to make it a quick story, uh, short – I can't even speak right now. Long story short, <laughs> um, I don't think I think we played out of character for the most part. I would I would have liked to see like us attack Baycott more in ball screens. That was something I pointed out in, in the game. Um, little put 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 some pressure on him defensively to guard more. But um, I think it'll be a different situation come uh, end of year in Cameron. So I'm not tripping completely off this game. Yeah, fair. D, I want to bring you in here. I want to get your reactions. Um, you know, first, you know, kind of anything um, that, that you wanted to say about this game that maybe uh, Zion and myself hadn't brought up yet? No, nah, I mean, not really. <clears throat> effort was a big one. I, I, I kept screaming effort all day. I will say uh, UNC rebounds the ball really, really well. Duke did too that game. Uh, that, that was a positive sign. I think all of us said that our guards are going to have to hit the glass. All of our guards hit the glass. Um. <sighs> you got to tip your cat or tip your hat to uh, Ingram, man. Like he shot the ball really, really well when given the opportunity. And I think it comes down to shot making. I mean, if just, just look at that. If, if Duke, if Duke's shooters hit shots, this is a different outcome. AC, I'll let you, I'll let you take the, uh, take it from there. No free throws attempted in the first half, and I'm not blaming the rest. I'm just saying we could have done more work probably on the pick and roll, probably getting Armando out in space a little bit better to try to get some opportunities at the free throw line, and then a 10-0 to advantage on points off turnovers. I think that is the story of this game because at that point, we played them shot for shot after they went up 10-0 on turnovers. So we lose the game by 10 points. We were down by 10 in the first half. I mean, that, in my opinion, that's that's the biggest story because at that point now you're playing shot for shot. We were down 10. Now you got you to gotta do something creative to try to stack stops. We weren't able to do that. Not saying we didn't try. Not saying that, you know, schematically what we did might not work the next time we play them. It's just we weren't able to make it work because at that point they were just – they were too confident, too far ahead. We were gassed trying to make the comeback. When you're trying to make comebacks like that, man, it, it's you're tired for sure. So stacking stops is big when you're down by 10 points. And we just – we played them shot for shot at that point once we went down on, on that turnover margin. So – you know, cut down on the turnovers the next time, force more turnovers the next time against them because they're a team that likes to turn the ball over and we didn't do that. It's totally different game, bro. I, I'm, I ain't tripping on this loss, man. We said it during spaces. This is one that you got to – this is a look look inward type of loss and and see what you have for the rest of the season mentally to, to, to get through the grind. Yeah, Pablo, we always, you know, go to you for our inspiration. Um, you know, you try to, uh, to give the people – at the end of the spaces on Saturday night, a little bit of motivation, a little bit of inspiration. Talk to the Duke Nation, but also, you know, kind of elaborate on what the coaching staff can can do for, you know, these players, maybe as individuals, maybe as a collective. What can they do to get to a point where there isn't inconsistent effort or, you know, the, the body language issues that I know that you brought up? Kind of touch on that. Yeah, so I just think that, you know, as a coach and the coaching staff and just his leadership, um, there's a lot of different things you could do, you know what I mean? But, you know, when you're dealing with kids, you know, 18 to 22 years old or whatever the case may be, you're always going to have this up and down slides and swings in different directions. So I'm not really, you know, 
I think we're fine. You know what I mean? I really think we're fine. I think I only seen really one thing on the court, like from a player that I kind of was like, he needs to be talked to, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, I already discussed that. I don't even want to even mention it, but um, other than that, I think everybody was fine. I think uh, overall the game, I think the game really came down to uh, North Carolina was just, they're just more connected than we are. You know what I mean? At this point, not saying that we can't get there because talent wise, we're better. You know what I'm saying? Can we beat them? Absolutely. But as far as being a connected team, I think they're a couple steps ahead of us and, you know, Maybe that's because they got guys that's you know that's been playing basketball for twenty six years at North Carolina. So I was about I mean, to say, happens. bro, this you know kind of felt I mean? like the so, age gap was a big deal, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, it, it showed. I mean, some of the experience it showed out there, but uh, I still think that you know, what I mean, like at the end of the day, you know, I'm I'm inspired. I, I think that we good. I don't think that you know. I think people overreact sometimes, but a lot of the overreactions I see is people that probably, i.e., never played basketball or just armchair shit all the time and they just say shit so i don't really i don't really trip duke nation we good don't worry about it we're gonna be okay just know that we got y'all all right jack <laughs> i'll give you the final word of this opening segment and then we'll kind of open it up and, and really break it down into um some different points and a lot of them that uh, the ac made in, in the spaces but i wanted to elaborate on a few but jack kind of give your overall reactions um to what you watched and, and how you feel right now I don't feel too bad. Um, obviously, the game itself sucked to watch in that there was so many preventable things. Um, the thing that really hurts, like Zion said, is, you know, just seeing all the UNC fans in your mentions. Uh, that was annoying. For some reason, the UConn fans were after me. I don't know why, but they were. I just wanted to bring that up. Yes, I see you. You are the number one team in the country and reigning national champion. And you haven't played us since 2014, so I don't know what you're doing in my mentions, but good for you, I guess. Um, go, get, go get ready for Rice, UConn. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, rice next or something? I don't know. But back, back to the actual game, I think there were a lot of like stupid things that happened that were preventable. I think it came down to turnovers, lazy transition defense, and the free throw disparity. Not to say that it was the Zebras, but, you know, Roger Ayers is Roger Ayers. Um, not to say that the referees are the reason we lost there or not, but those, I think, the lazy transition defense, turnovers, just dumb turnovers more than anything, and the free throw disparity are the three big things that stand out to me as to why we lost. I, I think Duke outplayed Carolina in every other aspect of the game. I I'm intrigued to see what happens March 9th. At the end of the day, I think it's going to be a very different game. Yeah, Zion, um, I tend to have some you know, overreactions in the heat of the moment. And, you know, yes, you do. Man, I thought you were going to burn all your Duke stuff or something. I don't uh, know. No, I never do that. I, I always hold our guys to a higher standard than, um, you know, anything else. And one of my overreactions, I think, was that. You know, now thinking back on it, you know, my initial thought was that we beat ourselves in that game, which probably didn't give enough credence to the fact that, you know, Harrison Ingram and, and Baycott played phenomenal. Um, they, they did. And so, you know, that's that. But Zion, like, you know, you mentioned this, you know, there were a lot of unforced turnovers. They led to um, a ton of, you know, 
line ball buckets, and you know a couple of them are corner threes. You know, you, you get a couple of those back. You get a couple of those loose balls, and it's a completely different ball game, and the pressure goes to them. So, you know, overall, like, you know, what are some of the the more uh, logical, sensical reactions that you should take from this game as a Duke fan? This is a question to me. My bad. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's okay, you know, in, in terms of your overreactions, I I think it's okay sometimes overreact. That's the that's the that's the nature of being a fan. Um, but yeah, uh logical senses, are we are we talking from a positive aspect or a negative aspect? I think I think both. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I think you gotta be real uh when 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 you're evaluating, you know, the, the team, how we play, how yeah. we've played, you know, however you want to take it. Pablo's always positive. That's the one thing I always give. Pablo's positive. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I feel like the easiest positive aspect, at least, is Jeremy McCain. I feel like it's built for the big moment. And I've kind of, like, tweeted this all year, but I felt like, you know, even in the moments he's shown, you know, or the games he's had where he may not be showing the ball well, it's two for nine from three, you know, not shot, can't really find a rhythm offensively. By the end of the game, he'll make a couple plays that'll help you win the game. I think you know that's a good, that's a player you could trust in crunch time, regardless, just to make the right play. Um, I think he's kind of shown that over the year, and I think that's big for a, a freshman. Um, you know, um, negative negative wise, I mean, what, what what's a logical logical? Because when what's negative, once you attach negative to, to it, you know, it gets dangerous. Um, I feel I feel like. Uh, We 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 kind of struggle sometimes, um, just being a smaller team at least. Um, and I think we kind of we kind of seen it. We've seen it more when Mark Mitchell's out out. You know that you know we're we're gonna struggle with more physical teams. We're gonna struggle with longer teams. Um, so one thing I did mention before the game to to one of my, my boys who's a big Carolina fan, I said I was scared to low-key see Harrison Ingram drop to the three. Um, and he was like, oh, we, we usually don't play Harrison Ingram at the three. He usually plays the four. And I was like, there's an easy advantage if you put him at the three because he's going to be matched up against a smaller player, smaller whether player. it's McCain, Roach, or <laughs> um, Proctor. But Proctor had the assignment on R.J. Davis most of the game. I think that's that's a worry for me just because we already lack the athleticism and, you know, if you run into a bigger physical team where we've seen, obviously, Arizona was a little bit too early in the year. But, you know, um, that's something we may not be able to overcome on the wrong day. You know, I'm still in the belief that this team has enough guard play to um, make a run in March. I say that's a positive takeaway, a logical takeaway. I think, yeah, at the end of the day, we have a. I still think we have the deepest guard rotation in America. Um, having Caleb Foster as a fourth option, maybe you could say UConn rivals that, but I'm still I'm still rolling with Duke in that aspect. So I think you know um, that's the takeaway as well. You know we need our guards to play well, but when they are playing well, I don't feel like there's a team that can beat us. So um, yeah, those are those are my logical logical takes. No, I mean, that's, that's similar to what we said, AC, uh, in the last podcast leading up to this is, 
I think our guards are the best guards in the country. We didn't we didn't necessarily play like that. Uh, obviously, Jared and Jeremy Roach did. But to your point, though, uh, you actually, AC, were talking about Mark Mitchell. I know Dee brought this up uh, quite a bit on this podcast, that Mark Mitchell is the one indispensable guy that we have on this team. And if he's not playing to a level that, that we need in a huge game, that, that makes us more susceptible to losing. It is. And we have five bits of evidence right now in terms of five losses where Mark was either not available or didn't play well when he was in the game. Um, and not to say he didn't play well against UNC. I think he had some decent moments, but his obviously his assignment was Harrison Ingram at times and that got away from him. So I, I think that's I think that's pretty much set in stone now. Right. Like, I think we pretty much know that Mark Mitchell being that kind of lengthy Swiss Army knife on a team like Zion just said that is small on the smaller end, which we can and have shown that we can overcome that. But on the wrong night, like you just said, on the wrong night, that's difficult to do without Mark Mitchell really playing one of those high level Mark Mitchell games. And I think that's that's the difference there, unless, 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 unless. And I'll go back to this and beat this horse to death. And it might be the exact wrong thing to do or whatever else. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not even going to pick out schematically what we need to do right now with it. But unless we find some way to get a little bit more creative on defense to kind of hide our bigs and give them the ability to kind of rest a little bit on defense, unless we kind of get creative in that aspect, we're going to have some games like this where teams are just going to go nuts scoring and put us in some bad matchup uh, situations. So, you know, and, and Mark, Mark is, he's such a good Swiss army knife that it's difficult for teams to make that switch happen. That, that Saturday night was an example of they exploited it and made it work well for them. Yeah, Pablo, I'll go to you on that because I know that you have, you know, some feelings on um, schematically what we could do. I know the, the big the big argument um, may have proved AC right a little bit, but the big argument going into that game was where does Mark Mitchell play defensively? Does he play on Baycott? Does he play on Ingram? Kind of, you know, after watching that game a couple of times <coughs> now, where, where do you see where they were able to exploit us and what can, to AC's point, what can we do to counter that going forward now that the blueprint's there for, for teams that have that ability like UNC. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean we know, I mean, I, you know, I completely disagree with AC for sure about putting Mark on break on Baycott. That, that's a death sentence, I'm going to tell you that now. But that's how I feel. Um, at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Like, And the thing, too, is that Mark Mitchell-Ingram matchup, how many times did Ingram score on Mark Mitchell? It wasn't a lot. No, it wasn't a lot at all. But you got to think about it, right? Like North Carolina, the way that they play their offenses is they want to create advantages in almost everything they do. And that's what they did. They got switches. You know what I'm saying? They knew that Duke was going to double down. They was going to do different things, you know, double teaming. They was going to hit the open man who most of the times was Ingram. He would get a wide open three. So it's just, I mean, basketball is basketball, man. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's adjustments that's being made in game. You know, you got to counter those, you know, and then when, when you do counter, you know, there's another adjustment being made. So it's just going to go back and forth, man. And it's almost like a chess match, especially when you play in a game like against North Carolina. You know, Hubert Davis, I don't care what nobody say. Y'all got to, you know, people got to start saluting Hubert Davis. He's doing a hell of a job. You know what I'm saying? He's doing a hell of a job. You know, a lot of people say he can't coach and all this other bullshit. But at the end of the day, shit, we ain't no D1 coaches. You know what I'm saying? All we doing is we talking about it, you know, from the sideline. And it's all good. But. You know, I just think that, man, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I know how I feel, man. I don't, I ain't even going to say it. But, you know, at the end of the day, Mark Mitchell, you know, I don't think he played bad. 
you know what I'm saying? I definitely don't think he played bad. I definitely think he did his job as far as on defense, but we got to think about what John Shire was telling him to do. You know what I'm saying? Think about what the yeah. coaching staff was telling him to do. Double down, double down, double down, clog the paint, you know, do different things. You know what I mean? Kind of, you know, play off your man a little bit. You know, they would do that, and all they would do is just run somebody through the lane, and guess when they ran somebody through the lane, guess who had to pick them up? Mark Mitchell. And that's guess who that left open? Harrison Ingram. Swing the ball, open three-pointer. It's simple shit, man. It's it's it's, it's one plus two is fucking three. You know what I'm saying? That's that's all it was, bro. Like, and maybe it it's wrong this- to say Mark having a bad game. Maybe the better way to say it is Mark. Maybe the way to say it is Mark having not, not having an effective game, not having not putting his fingerprints on the game. When that dude puts his fingerprints on the game, we beat every single team in the country. That's my point so, of that whole thing. So when you say that, though, like when you say no, I'm not saying he had a bad game. game, I'm not saying he playing bad from a statistic. From you talking about from a statistic? No, I ain't talking. I ain't talking about statistically. I'm talking about he's able. He's able to take away your best switch. He's able to play play secondary defense on your best post player. He's able to take you down in the paint on offense. He's able to play off flip off the short roll and be that yeah. secondary offensive up. I'm talking about all those things that he's done that we've talked about extensively on this podcast that make us one of the best teams in the country. Without him being there for that, we are not one of the best teams in the country, in my opinion. That's all. That's all. I and, and, and no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'll exactly talk. wrong. I, I probably am I'm exactly wrong saying play. Uh, real quick, I, I mean, I'm going to shut up. I'm, I'm probably exactly wrong could. saying to put Mark Mitchell on Baycott. However, mm. could we have played a zone and have been effective? Yeah. Georgia Tech did it for an entire stretch of game. Yeah. They, at the 10-minute mark in the first half, all the way through the rest of that game, Georgia Tech didn't beat them. Is that the way is I'm just saying, is that the way to slow UNC down, keep them down in possession because they're not they're not an efficient team? They aren't. Keep them down in, in possessions, make them really ineffective, and then they don't get those breeze cuts. They don't get those easy, easy moves and dives to the basket that they like to get. And you force them to shoot standstill three from spots that they don't like to shoot them from. You make Cormac mm-hmm. Ryan the shooter that he's not. You make Elliot Cadeau shoot when he doesn't want to do it. Like, is a, is a zone an effective way to beat that team in particular? And is that something that you can see this Duke team employing when they play teams like that? That's my question. Well, I mean, that's I, what I'm I hear about, you. That's what I'm zone. talking about, about being creative. That's all I'm talking about. I feel you, but you, you, it goes back to just coaching. You know what I'm saying? And like, can you rebound out of that zone? Can you rebound out of your area? I don't know. You know what so. I'm saying? Can we? Can I, we do I that? I don't think. Yeah, we I probably personally, can. You know, with the but, guards, with the, the guards and Mitchell and Flip, I think we can rebound out of a zone. That's, but we yeah, haven't seen it. We I mean, haven't done it. So how can we say yes or no? Right? Yeah, I, I, that's why that was. That's why I asked the question. I said, can we do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, sure. You know what I'm saying? I think we can try. We can try anything. But at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is, and that's what I'm saying though. Like, for Mark Mitchell to be effective, what are they telling him? What are they telling him to do on offense? Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't see a whole bunch. You know what I'm saying? Nope. He still had what, 10 and seven or some shit like that, mm-hmm. 12 and seven. You know what I mean? So, like, statistically, he was okay. You know what I mean? We could, we could have used 15 and 10, you know what I mean? For sure. But at the end of the day, like, what are they telling him to do? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think as fans, sometimes we got to take a step back and we got to understand, like, hey, he's not being effective for whatever reason. It's probably because of what the, his coach is telling him to do. Because Pablo can't tell him, hey, Mark, go fucking high pick and roll. <laughs> Shit, I'm not there. I'm not on staff. You know what I'm saying? So I get what you're saying, though, AC. I'm with you. I'm with you like 85%. It's just like saying, oh, with, with the, oh, it's just like saying you can tell me this stuff. With the 01 team, if what you don't have Battier playing all over the floor, then you don't win a title with that squad. And I was proven the year after yeah. with the squad that lost to Indiana. So that's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is every every a lot of national championship teams have that one piece. Justice Winslow, you know, we keep we can keep naming it. 
have that one piece that really is just transcendent from everything else can just go above and beyond the scouting report because of the different things they can do mm -hmm. on the floor. That's all I'm saying. Remember what we I'm talked saying, about Mark, it I'm too. saying Mark Mitchell is so good that he's one of those pieces. That's what I'm saying. I'm giving the dude credit. I'm saying he's You're that good of a player. But you know, you know, the biggest thing that we're missing real quick is just like we talked about on-court leadership. And I'll leave it alone. Go ahead. Go ahead, TK. Effort. You got it. Effort. Uh, can I talk about stats for a second? Yes, sir. Go ahead. So Ingram played 38 minutes. And I'm not a D1 coach. Everybody knows that. But I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to stop the dude who has who's shooting eight for 12 from the floor. And I begged Duke. I begged Duke all week, please don't let Harrison Ingram beat you. Baycott's going to get his. Davis is going to get his. We do not need our or we do not need Ingram to score 20 plus. And look what happened. Scored 20 plus. Duke scored 84 points. And I say this all the time, like I, I like I'm beating a horse. Duke scores 80 plus. It's going to take a fantastic fucking performance from any other team to beat them. And it came down to shot making. These stats look exactly the same, except the three point disparity. Five for 19 does not cut the nope, 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 nope. You were brought to Durham to shoot the ball from the three point line. I'm going to need you to shoot the ball from the three point line and be a threat from the three point line. Uh, Mark played well. I think he could have been a little more aggressive. And I clearly on offense, right? On offense, uh, right? I think on defense too. You got five fouls to give, man. Don't go I to the you. don't go to don't go to the locker room with without giving one. Like make 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 Ingram make three of these from the line. Which yeah. by the way, Ingram shot zero free throws. So <laughs> I, I he was in the zone, bro. Me, that just tells me one thing. But why? So if you're in the zone for 40 minutes, why don't we what again? Not a D1 coach, but I don't think it, he was open. I don't, that's why. There's my yeah. point. I don't think it takes a rocket that scientist to be like, you know what we should do. We should probably guard him tonight. Maybe not tomorrow night, but tonight we need to guard Ingram. <laughs> and I don't I, I don't know for 40 minutes they refused to guard Ingram. Yeah. Yeah, Zion, um, just kind of react to that. Did you think that it was something there that you know Duke just refused to change their game plan? Um, I would say in, in terms of guarding Ingram. I I will say two of his threes. What did he hit? Five threes? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two of his threes came off of 50-50 balls, diving for, for loose balls, and he, he found a way to get open. Um, and I mean, I think it goes back to Dublin Baycott. Um, once we kind of uh, – I forgot who said it here. Once we once, – once Mark Mitchell kind of doubled down, he has to cut – he has to guard whoever's diving to the rim. Erickson Ingram finds an open, open shot. Um, I think I think it was I think it was a lot of undiscipline as well, but I, I would factor in luck in there too, um, with the with the loose balls. But you know, I think the undisciplined uh, defensive lapses came when you know when we we're doing things like charging at Elliot Cadeau, who has clearly lost his confidence um, in his jumper the past what 15, 15 games. Um, and those were moments where it's like you got to know your personnel. Um, but I, I want to say, I want to fully blame us completely for Harrison Ingram going crazy. So one of the shots he hit was ridiculous. I think it was Roach who guarded, um, guarded him in the corner, hugged him pretty much. I mean, Roach is what six two, so it's not gonna do much. But he hit some tough shots too, so I give it to him. But um, I think, I think March 9th will be a different performance for. For Harrison, 
Yeah. I don't think, dub- <laughs> I don't think doubling Baycott worked either, according to the stat sheet, but. I agree. <laughs> we dub- we might have doubled too much. I think I think teams this year that have beaten UNC have been effective doubling him on that right block. We we extensively went over this in the coach's corner. Double him on the right block everywhere else, leave him alone. He he's he's not scoring effectively anywhere else on that floor, other than shutting down his dives. Like double him on the right block. We really doubled not. him everywhere. That was too much. But I, I do got a question. Not doubling on the left block. I do got Go a ahead, question dog. for y'all though. Would you next matchup, would you just guard him one on one? Let let him Filipowski and him go at it all game. I would. Go ahead, Jeff. No, I would. I, I would. I would trot in the the three bigs that we have: Stewart, Mark, and and Kyle, and be like, "Y'all have got to stop this dude." And Ingram, don't let them beat you. Baycott, Baycott's going to get his twenty plus regardless. Like that's just Baycott. He's done it for eight years now. Like you know what you're going to get from Baycott. Sorry, like I haven't <laughs> done this before. My bad. Um, but you know what you're going to get from Baycott. You know what you're going to get from RJ. Don't let somebody else beat you. And I think that they doubled Baycott far too much <coughs> and left other people open. And the 50-50 balls, that comes down to effort too. 100%. Yeah. Go ahead, Jack. I think you had a point. I, mean, I wanted to touch on that too. Look, I, I would just face Baycott one-on-one. I don't, I don't think you need to double him. I think he's going to get his regardless, and that just leaves an extra guy open. And – Almost like almost on cue, it ended up being Davis more times than I want to remember. Um, he didn't end up getting the ball every time, but when he did, he scored. I was not exactly a fan of that. You know, you can't you can't let the leading scorer, who you've been holding pretty well the entire first half, get a bunch of open looks in the second half because you're doubling. Not a good look, not a good idea. He's not Tyler Hansborough at the end of the day. Baycott, you can beat one-on-one. You can force him into a stupid shot or a bad pass. I, I really – I don't know if there's any big – call me crazy. I don't know if there's any big in college basketball that you can – that you need to double necessarily. Even Zach Eady, I don't think you need to double. Go ahead, AC. I know you want to touch on that. No, I, I want to hear what AC has to double. say. I don't, I don't give a fuck about Zach Eady. Um <laughs> I think with Baycott, I, mean, I think you can still stick to the game plan of doubling him on the baseline, doubling right block to make him create turnover situations because he's going to throw the ball away or whatever. It's always going to just throw up a horrible shot. I don't think you just fully commit to just going one-on-one against him, but most other parts of the floor, sure, you 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 definitely can play that game. I mean, having a good secondary defender to help out with him is obviously key. It was it was key last season when Lively was in trouble when we played them the second game when Lively was in foul trouble. Uh, Flip really Flip playing secondary D on Baycott uh, outside of Ryan Young and outside of Lively was was super important that game. Um, but you funnel the ball elsewhere, like you funnel the ball to other spots, like funnel the ball to Elliot Cadeau, like like Zion just talked about. Funnel it to him. He if UNC is going to beat you, make it be Mondo having a good game and Cadeau having a good game because those are the two most inefficient players they have on the floor because Mondo's getting you twos, and if you don't foul him, he's not getting to the line. And Cadeau is horribly inefficient right now on offense. Make those guys beat you, and then throw in a little mix of Cormac Ryan, and then, you know what I mean? Like, But don't let – like, we, we did a great job against RJ. Next step, don't let don't let Harrison Ingram go nuts. Like, somebody's got to take that matchup personally next time. Somebody's got to be like, I ain't switching. I'm not getting hit <laughs> by this pick. I'm not letting this happen again. Like, somebody's got to take that on. Like, Straight up, straight up. Somebody's got to be like, it ain't going to be me today. Like, 
Some because that's ball too. Sometimes in ball, it's you ain't beating me. Yeah, I'm scoring on you, and I'm not letting you score. That's it. And I, sometimes it's got to be that. I'm not saying play dirty, but like I said, you got five fouls, right? Make him tired. Yeah. Bump him. Use your body on him. Make him make him fatigue. Like you put body on him, he's gonna get tired too. Everybody's gonna get tired. Yeah. Nobody Everybody likes getting tired. punched in the mouth, right? I, w- I will say Hubert Davis at least. Um, I think it was Coach uh, who said it. Um, Got to give him his credit because I think even I, even out that post, um, he started using Cado as a screener um, in the second half. Set up R.J. Davis. I think two of our dagger threes came off came off that. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but Hubert, Hubert smoked John Sire that game. You know. As much as you know, as much mm-hmm. as people want to hold back, I, I think Hubert just smoked on that game, and you know, it's, it's second game you have to come back and, and just come with adjustments. I don't know that Duke missed a lot of open shots. They missed a lot of layups. I, I, I think there were adjustments that should have been made but weren't. But <laughs> I agree with you on that, D. I think there were shots that should have been made. Five for nineteen from the three point line is not going to cut it. Well, five five of nineteen from three, real quick, Pablo. I know you want to talk, but five of nineteen from three—that you know—that happens sometimes, and, and that's unfortunate. Obviously, it happened in a big game. What bothered me though is that Kyle Filipowski was one of six from three, and even more that bothered me is that Tyrese Proctor didn't attempt to single one. And to me, like that is a huge issue for a team that we put up eighty-four points without our point guard and our. Or a guy that's been cooking the last five games without him doing anything. He had two points. I thought he was extremely passive on offense. I thought when he got blocked by Harrison Ingram on kind of a weak drive, looking for a foul early in the first half, he kind of just went away from it. And that can't happen in a huge game. But go ahead, Pablo. No, I was just going to say, um, you know, North Carolina was very intentional in what they were trying to do, man. So, like – you know, if you if you look at the numbers, right, Baycott's usage is down a lot this year, a lot. Do you know his usage was very high against us? That was intentional. You know what I mean? So if you want him to guard, if you want Filipowski to guard him one-on-one, Filipowski will foul out in the first half. So it's no reason in the world why, I mean, at times, obviously, Filipowski can guard him, you know, every few plays or whatever, let him guard it one-on-one. But when Flip gets tired, what does Flip do? Stupid fouls. You know what I'm saying? So if we're gonna, if you're gonna have him I'm guard him one on one, I I don't feel confident at all with him. You know, I don't think Filipowski is disciplined enough on defense, and I definitely don't think he has the length. Uh, what I mean by length, pause. You know what I'm saying? Wingspan. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking wingspan. <laughs> yeah, we do that too. So when I'm talking like wingspan wise, I don't think that Filipowski can. No. So North Carolina was real intentional in what they did. Mm-hmm. So Not they wanted to minutes. take Filipowski. That's why I they still I don't. I still don't think his own would be a bad move against them. I still don't think his own would be a bad yeah. move. Not, not, I mean, not, not, not from zero to forty, but in 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 those key spots, second segment, second TV timeout segment to to end the first half, first couple of segments in the second half, those key key points in the game. A little bit of zone sprinkled in, man, ain't gonna hurt you against them, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm with that. I'm with that. I think he just got to mix it up. You know, I think he just got to mix it up, and he just got to throw North Carolina off. If he throw North Carolina off, like every few plays or something, and then go back, man, press, just do different shit. You know what I'm saying? But honestly, like, I don't think we got to do, like, all this, like, just flip the whole game plan around to win. You know what I'm saying? Not against them, bro. Like, we 
we should have won the game. You know what I mean? And I think everybody feels yeah, and and bench points. What they have? What was it? Fourteen to six or some shit? Twelve to six. They let Trimble go crazy too. That's the game right there. Trimble had what ten or eleven off the bench. We talked about Trimble in the coach's corner too, Paz. We talked about Trimble being optimistic with his buckets. Exactly. Exactly. Trimble played world class defense too. So shout out to Trimble. That's the game right there, though. You know what I'm saying? You take him out the game. That's the ten points right there. We lost by nine. We win that nineteen points to seven uh, points off turnovers. Like, like again, the turn the turnovers are another big part. That was a huge part too. That's a fact. And, no, and that led to their transition buckets. And, so, and that that really to me was the difference in the game. He's like, yeah, we missed some shots and we probably should have hit. Um, but the the live ball turnovers just absolutely smoked us. And then, you know, obviously, you know, England went nuts, whatever. Um, let's move to to some overreactions. Um, you know, obviously, as Jack and Zion both mentioned, your your Twitter mentioned it. Anytime Duke loses, but if you if you're losing uh, to UNC, it's going to be uh, exacerbated that much more. So um, you know, one of the overreactions that we saw, and, and I'll open it up to everybody. To give you know, kind of their 15 seconds on this one, and then we'll open it up. The first one was that this team's inconsistent effort uh, will lead to their downfall. Zion, uh, is that an overreaction, or you think that's justified? It said, repeat it. I can hear it. It's inconsistent yep. effort. Yep. This team's inconsistent effort will lead to their downfall. Um, I, I don't think it's the, it's a crazy overreaction because I feel like that is consistent with any basketball team. If you don't show effort, you are going to you go. <laughs> you're going to get run out the gym. So it, it it's like I feel like it's common sense, but at the end of the day, um, like I said, I felt like this game was a little bit out of character. So I wouldn't really characterize them as a team that doesn't play with effort um, more often than not. Um, so, yeah. I'm a little, Am I supposed to say overreaction or uh, reaction? Well, I mean, it, it sounds like you're pretty uh, reasonable, so it might be a little bit of an overreaction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. All right, all right, D, what do you got? I don't know. I yeah. it, it, I see it both ways. <clears throat> Excuse me. Rebounding, in my opinion, is about effort. And Duke rebounded the ball really well. Loose loose balls, 50-50 balls are, are, are is about effort. Don't say Paul. Don't you dare say Paul. Yeah. That's about I ain't saying that's nothing. About <laughs> that's about effort. Those 50-50 balls is about effort. Dive on the floor, get get messy. Um overreaction can can we change the word to attitude instead of effort you can do whatever you want i, I think <laughs> i because i think um there could be some attitudes that need adjusting on on this team um i, I like that sometimes sometimes the right they one. play sometimes they play a little soft i'll say it sometimes they play a little soft they get whiny and they play a little bit soft. So I think some attitudes could be adjusting, and that is not an overreaction. All right, Jack, what do you got? I mean, I, I agree with D. I think I, I think effort-wise, it's there. I think it's the attitude. Who's going to show up? Which, uh, is, is the body language going to be there? Is the team going to be picking each other up? That's not effort. That's attitude. And 
I mean, this is a team I, I respect and very much enjoy watching these guys. This is a team that was making TikToks over the offseason talking about 2024 national champions. And like I love I love all their TikToks. I think it's hilarious. Um, I am in that demographic that they are kind <laughs> of targeting of that like 16 to 25. I'll say that stuff's hilarious, but you can't go super overconfident all summer and then as soon as you hit a little adversity, like just kind of quit on it. I think it's an attitude problem. I think it needs it needs to be a point of focus <laughs> and adjustment. Pablo? I will say the effort part is an overreaction. The attitude part is not. Fair enough. Pablo, where do you stand? I mean, shit. At the end of the day, I mean, you can't say that they don't play hard. You know what I'm saying? They play hard. You know what I'm saying? But just like I think with D, with D set pause, you know what I'm saying, was like the perfect thing. You know what I'm saying? Like straight up. You know what I mean? Like change it from effort to attitude. And I'm only talking about one player. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, if you're going to be the, the best guy on the floor, you know, the captain or, or whatever the case may be, the, the leader, you know, the, the, the most elite talent on the floor, at the end of the day, you got to play through everything. It don't matter. You know what I'm saying? You ain't getting no calls. Play through it. You know what I'm saying? You get fouled. Play through it. You know, you turn the ball over. Play through it. Your man scoring. You play through it. So, you know what I mean? Like, all that shit, you know me, I, all that shit be an overreaction to me. Like, these motherfuckers are kids at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, they 18 to 22 years old. They try, they still trying to figure out life, man. So, they gonna make these mistakes. You know what I'm saying? We, I think we just need to stick with them. And uh, trust in the coaching staff, man, and trust in these players that they gonna figure it out. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm Duke all the way. I don't give a fuck what happened. Period. AC <clears throat> final word? Yeah, let's not confuse being on the wrong spot on the floor or not necessarily, you know, doing something here or there as, as effort. Like, let's not let's not keep confusing that because that's the word that's always being used on Twitter is effort and everywhere else in social media is effort. It's not – let's not confuse effort with, with attitude. And, and a lot of times in press conferences, you can't you can't take what they say as, as word, as gospel, because they're, they're saying things that they're supposed – it's they're, – when they answer questions, it's measured. They know exactly how to answer. They prep them beforehand, everything else. However, this game – when you have a freshman and a senior captain both saying players on the team played selfishly and we need to play better together, and then you have the stats to back it up where we only have eight assists to 10 turnovers, defensive lapses, allowing Carolina to have 18 assists to five turnovers. Yeah, somebody's not, on, not, somebody's not playing for five on the floor. Somebody's playing for one on the floor when you have, that, when you have issues like that. So, and I, I, it's not my place to say who, but somebody's – Multiple people, if not just one person, you know, is, is not playing. They're playing for Delph out there. They ain't playing for. They ain't playing for five. So, so you know, what I mean? like these guys have a lot at stake. They got money at stake. They got positioning for their futures at stake. And if any team learned anything, we go back a lot to 15, 14, 15, and They all said the same thing. They were like, once they figured out that if they just go on out here and win these games, everything else is going to take care of itself. And I think that's what this team needs to really focus on if they want to win the title. Yeah, that, that's something that I uh, always go back to is that Justice Winslow from 2014-2015 when Coach Tay shot him down. And then there's the, the power back arrow uh, J, on J.J. Reddick that we talked about as well, where he sat him down and talked about body language and talked about the way that, you know, not only other teams perceive you, but your teammates perceive you. And I think the same thing happens to Pablo's point earlier um, you know, you got to fight through these things. If you're going up there all the time, pouting, whining, you are not getting that call whether you deserve it or not. The referees are human. They're not going to give you that call. 
you have to make some sort of attitude adjustment to to become mentally tougher that when things aren't going your way, you're not going to just pout and give up. You have to, you got to fight through it and, and show leadership uh, through your play. And the last thing I'll say, um, you know, Jared McCain, if we had 10 guys that played as hard as he did every single game, we wouldn't lose a fucking game, period. That guy brings it on every single play. He is doing absolutely everything that's asked of him. I don't care if he goes over 10 if he plays the way he does because he gives maximum effort all the time. And, you know, I think that that's really, you know, you can say all the stuff that you want about, you know, the, the nails being painted and all that kind of goofy TikTok stuff that myself, AC, Pablo, Armando Baycott were out of that, that age range that Jack was talking about, the 16 to 25. So, um, you know what I mean? Like, that, it, it's stuff that, like, I don't care what you do off the court. If you're fucking bringing it, I'm with you. Like, and, 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 he, and he's been fantastic. So, um, he's got a great attitude, too, TJ. Great attitude. I'll say that. And, and so, I think, I think he put it best when he said it's not about effort, it's about attitude. And I think that's the perfect way to, to end that one. Um, kind of going to the second overreaction. Um, AC, I'll go back to you here. Um, something has to change with Flip for us to reach our ceiling. You know, I think we all kind of danced around it a little bit. But does anything have to change outside of attitude for Flip? Or, you know, is there things that the staff can do to help him for us to reach our ceiling? Yeah, go back to being that dog that you were last year where you were playing through everything when people were hitting you in the throat and stuff and you decided to take that and use that as motivation and, and play the rest of the season as hard as he did. He The way he ended last season – Versus what he's doing now is completely different, and the stats, stats wise, about the same. But yeah. the things he's he was doing on the floor, the way he was playing defense, the way he was attacking people, the dunks he was getting, that big dunk he had against UNC to kind of put the put the game away last season off that off the loose ball and stuff like that. That's something we hadn't seen out of him for a few days, a few games, I should say. So um, he had that little stretch recently where he was, you know, hitting damn near thirty points. I think he got over thirty for one of them. I mean that that's the like be that guy <laughs> like whatever you gotta find whatever is whatever's irking you right now you know go go to therapy become a Buddhist for a couple of weeks whatever you gotta do man whatever 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 it's gonna take to get you where you gotta be for those for <laughs> and just give us March man I, I'm trying I'm gonna be selfish let me be selfish this time flip you don't I'll be selfish I need you I need you to find whatever Jesus you need to find so we can Amen. get this chip. Amen. Oh yeah, I was just saying amen. But uh <laughs> yeah, um I think I think flip defensively even uh I think I think he's been you know okay for most of the year, solid, um, especially for his physical limit uh limits. Um I think we uh as Duke fans kind of forget that. You know, Derek Lively kind of masked a lot of people's issues last year. Um, so, you know, now he's kind of being put in a spot where he has to be the anchor. And, you know, realistically, that's not what he's going to be doing for the rest of his basketball career. Um, and this will probably be the last point where he has to do that. Um, but, yeah, actually, go back go back to the uh, the statement. What is the statement itself? I need to uh, – uh, It's just, you know, something, something have to uh, change for – in flip or with how we play flip uh, for us to reach our ceiling. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone pretty much hit it on the head. I feel, I feel like attitude is a big, is a big thing. Um, 
his approach. Um, you know, sometimes I think he goes back to his freshman uh, issues of trying to create his shot. He, he, he actually hit the shot that I was most mad at. That step back three. Um, yeah, I, think, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, so, where he, sized, he, he sized up. I think it was over Baycott. I was like, it went in, bro. But like, <laughs> we don't need do to, it. Yeah, yeah. You, you need to simplify your game a little bit more, bro. Uh, but you know, I think I still have hope in him, man. I, I still have hope in him. I think I've been very critical of him over the year, and I think that's just based off of you know what we think he could be or what we know he could be, you know, what we've seen him at his peak. Um, so I think for the first, first and foremost, just the attitude needs to change for sure. Um, you know, and kind of be more of a, a leader that we kind of need because Jeremy's a great leader, but you know, the guy we need to carry us needs to lead as well. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. I'm going to go back to something I said when Flip was like a sophomore, I think, or junior in high school. It was a tweet about Wendell Moore. I said, Wendell Moore is a fantastic player when he doesn't try to play like James Harden. Kyle Filipowski is a fantastic player when he doesn't try to play like James Harden. I think simplify your game, go to what your strong suits are. Do not try to hit step back isolation threes. You don't need to create your own shot and do that stupid spin that you always do between the basket and the free throw line. We all know. We saw it last year. But also, go back to last year. This is a dude who, like, he's this year expecting to get all these calls when last year he got punched in the throat and didn't get anything. There was a He was fouled, and they said it wasn't a foul because it happened after the buzzer, despite the ACC themselves saying, oops. Like, all these things happened. He got screwed over so many times on calls last year and magically expected to get a friendly whistle this year. I think that's part of the attitude issue. But you got to remember what happened last year, and you got to play through that, like, through that same mentality that, you, like, last year, oh, I'm not going to get these calls. I'm going to finish the shot instead of hoping for a whistle. I'm going to play inside because I know that my team will be there. Someone's going to be there to clean up if I miss. I'm going to... I'm going to score. I'm going to be the best freaking player on this team because I can. That's yeah. that's what he needs to do. He needs to simplify his game and just be the guy that we all know he can be. D, what do you got? Uh, the question is, does Kyle Filipowski need to do something different for Duke to be able to reach their ceiling? Absolutely. Excuse my language. And it's not even about attitude. If we're going to talk about skill set, where's the Filipowski that dunked over TJ Powers at Countdown? Where's that guy? Oh, that was so sick. Where, where's that guy? He full windmilled over a, a grown, you know, six whatever man. I thought he got it on Sean Stewart, which is even more impressive. Stewart, yeah. Which is okay. I thought it was Sean Stewart too, but I was like, ain't no fucking way he did it over Sean Stewart, right? But he but did. if it was over Sean Stewart, very much so more impressive. So where's that cat at? Where when is when is the 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 light switch gonna flip and and he turns it? No pun intended. And he turns in to that guy, that monster, that I'm going to take you to the rack with the ball on my hip, and I'm going to bring the rim down with me. When If if and when Duke gets that Filipowski, yes, yes. The, they, they can go to the Final Four. They can cut down the nets. They can hang a banner. Until then, to be determined. Pablo, you get the last word here. Man. 
dog listen you know what i'm saying like i don't know man I, I ain't really i don't know i'm not really that critical of filipowski and what he's doing i think he's doing i think he's playing well he's doing what he can do um it's gonna take more than him you know what i'm saying but like i say you know what i'm saying like how much of this shit is on flip you gotta understand what are the coaches telling him to do you know what i'm saying so like at the end of the day the way i feel like coach shire he got to put he got to put flip in the best position to succeed you know what i'm saying and what i mean by that is on offense you know what i'm saying where's flip to succeed at you know what i'm saying he's a face up forward you know what i mean he could shoot the ball you know what i mean you put him in pick and roll you know he's a role man make he's a playmaker like what are we doing you know what i'm saying why do we why do we look so good when we do that but then like we play a north carolina and we barely do it you know what i'm saying so at the end of the day you know um I'm not like I said, I'm not too too worried about him. Only thing like it's just the body language thing. Um, and that's just leadership. Uh he just gotta he just gotta grow in that area. And I think we'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, you know, I'm I'm team flip. I'm just I'm always trying to stay positive, you know what I mean, and let these kids know that we got their back. But uh for us to be national champions, you know, he's definitely gonna have to do some things, uh do some things better. He's gonna have to step up in some areas, but I think the coaching staff also needs to step up in those areas to empower right. him to do some of those things. So uh, I don't give a fuck. Sir. We win the national championship, period. And you know what I'm saying? To your point, Bob, to, to your point, we talked about what could this team's next evolution possibly be. Yep. I said this team's evolution would be to kind of slow the game down a little bit. And, and yeah. really what I meant by that is minimize Flip's need on defense, maximize mm -hmm. him on sure. offense. Those are the, like you minimize his the uh, you minimize us needing him on defense and you maximize us utilizing him on offense. You got you got a you got a team that's damn near unbeatable. There's nobody else has seven foot who can take you from the outside, go inside, hit threes the way he can, all that. Like, but if you're gonna make him have to chase people over the floor like you're talking about and everything else, and you gonna make him have to be the guy who has to get stops on defense, then yeah, that's gonna be trouble. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think he. Um... I was looking this up earlier, so my, my math might be a little bit off. I think it was like over his last four or five games, he's something like two of 17 from three. Now, we know that he's a good shooter, so I don't want him to stop taking the shots. But to your point, AC, maybe it is something that schematically we just say, you know what, we wanted to run up and down the court. Maybe that's just not what we're looking for because he's not maximizing, you know, who should be our best player, and that's uh, Kyle Filipowski. And, you know, whether he's in his conditioning or not, the fact that the matter remains that he gets winded in all these games. He does have to play the five defensively for the, the large chunks that he's in the game. So maybe it is that we slow it down. Maybe we do mix in some zone. Maybe we do, you know, just say we're going to play this game in the 70s and we're going to beat you a different way because we got to protect our best player. And, and, you know, you can see it. He's missing foul shots. He's missing threes. To me, that's tired legs. I think I was absolutely. super wrong when we started the season when I was like, I'd love to see this team around 73 possessions a game. I was absolutely wrong. Keep back, Go back to last season when we were about 68 possessions a game. Slow this thing down a little bit. Slow this train down a minute. Let, let our guys get back on defense. Let our guys get some get some breath on defense a little bit. AC, I don't, I don't even think you're wrong. I, I kind of had that same uh, mindset coming into the season that this was going to be a team that was going to be running all, all year. But, you know, you have to factor in – you can't run also when Ryan's on the court. Um, mm -hmm. 
and maybe it's about spots. Maybe we run in spots. Like, yeah. does Sean Stewart? Can Sean Stewart? Like, can can he please? Can we? Can he? Can I think he we can run that way on. I think we could run. I think. I think with us, I think what we need to do is we need to commit to commit to something and stick with it. Period. If we want to run, fucking run all the time, just like North Carolina. They sh- shit. Shit, Ryan Young, he about just as fast as Armando. Same age. Commit to something and, and let's stick with it. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you know what I mean? That's how I feel, but it's all good. D, go ahead. You, you caught a side with uh, Pablo on this one? Yeah. I mean, I know it's simple to say, but this Duke offense – doesn't revolve around the hitting of the open threes, but it kind of does also because we're making flip play a spot where he doesn't really want to play. In my opinion, like, I don't want, I don't think he wants to be that guy at the free throw line. I think he'd rather be the second pass, so to speak. Um, But he's the best passer for all the bigs. So he's pushed into that role and I, again, I don't want to say anything about his attitude anymore because I think we've already said that we get it. But Duke's got to hit shots, man. Like Duke, Duke can't afford to go that dry from the three-point line, in, in my opinion. Like Duke has to hit their threes. They have to shoot fifty, you know, forty-three, fifty percent from the three-point line, in my opinion. You know, it's, it's like that one. Uh, was it two thousand one? Right, Boozer goes down late in the year. And you would have thought that, you know, a team that really only played six guys would have slowed it down and tried to protect them. Coach K said, fuck that. We're going to we're gonna open it up. We'll mm-hmm. just utilize all of, our, all of our timeouts. We used to utilize the TV timeouts. And, you know, we're just going to list you up and down the court. And that's what they did when they went to Carolina and, and knocked them around. Um, so, yeah, it, I don't know what they're going to do. Zion, I'll give you the last word on this one. I mean, because we got to get to a couple previews. We could talk about all this all day long, um, but we got to get to a couple previews. Zion, I'll give you the last word. How would you like to see us play? I mean, I've been kind of in the same boat as AC. Like all season, I've kind of wanted to speed up the pace. Um, But I also think in order to speed up the pace, especially at this rate, if we do speed up the pace, we have to open up our rotation because, you know, I don't know if we're as conditioned as you can see, um, to be running all game. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like I feel like we should have played at a higher pace. I, I feel like at this point, though, it is beginning of fe- February, so I doubt we kind of see that change at any point soon. So, you know, kind of just got to live with what we are right now. All right. So let's, uh, believe it or not, life moves on, basketball moves on. We got two games we want to preview real quick. Uh, Notre Dame, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Your boy TK will be in the house. So hopefully I can bring a little bit of mojo there, get us get us back. Um, you know, obviously we've already played Notre Dame, so we don't need to do a, a full preview of, of the type of team that they are. Um, you know, Jack, anything that you want to see uh, specifically, or do you just want to give a prediction here? I'm actually not going to give a score prediction. I just want to say that I, I want to see these guys – Acting like they are playing for these four letters. I I need to see that. I need to see them play as a team, play together, and play pissed off because you just lost by nine points 
to your rival and everyone saw it and everyone is making fun of you and I want you to prove them wrong. And I know they want to prove everyone wrong too. People are doubting your own fan base. There are people doubting you. Not not to say that they're smart for doing that. I would say they're idiots, but prove the idiots wrong. Win. Uh, Win by a lot and just make a statement. Pablo, I know you don't give score predictions, but give them a message. And listen, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I don't give a fuck about none of that. Win the motherfucking game. Go out here, blast these cats. Bottom line. Cut all the noise out. What we think of y'all, none of that shit don't matter. Y'all got to play for each other. We not on the court. You can't pass the ball to Pablo. You know what I'm saying? I'm not shooting from three. You know what I mean? I'm in the goddamn stands or in my bed watching you play. You know what I'm saying? I want y'all to do well. Don't y'all don't don't care about nobody else but what y'all got on the court. That's that's your family right there. You know what I'm saying? Play your asses mm-hmm. off. Go whip Notre Dame's ass. Let them know. You know what I'm saying? This is Duke basketball, bro. Fuck everybody else. That's how I do it. Yes, sir. Just fucking win. Just fucking win. Just fucking win. I don't care how you do it. Just win. Everybody! I can't believe it. I will say real. I will say real quick. What happened to us? Go ahead, D. No, I will say I just like I enjoy watching Marcus Burton play basketball. I think he's fun to watch. I'm going to definitely give a motherfucking score prediction. You know what? I, nice. I was wrong. I was wrong about being wrong. Yes, run the score up on these bitches. 88-57. Let's go. Bang. We, it was love a horrible it. game last time. It was an ugly game in South Bend last time. We are at home now with a little bit of rest, with 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 some attitude, with, with, with some attitude now behind us, maybe. It's now or never, y'all. 88-57. Let's go. Show, show me something, right? Yeah, I'm not giving those. I'm not giving no score prediction because um, my my UNC Duke score prediction ended out ugly. So you know, um, I I think Duke Duke definitely wins this one. Um, whether it's ugly or not, I do think we'll win by double digits. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is a big game in itself, just because um, it's the first game you have a chance to respond, send a message. That you know, you could turn things around, and this, this is a big three three game home stretch. Yeah, three game home stretch for them. So you know, take care of business at Cameron, man, and let the let this be the turning point of the season. Yeah, TCB, take care of business. Um, I right. think that that's what we do. I think we look. This can only go one of two ways, right? We either respond and show what we're going to be, or we just keep doing the same old thing and, and hope for the best. I think this team does respond. Jack said it earlier, but, you know, the Philippowski that we had last year, attitude-wise, that's the same guy. We know that he can do that. So let's see that happen. I think the coaching staff is going to make the adjustments, you know, make them in-house. And I think we come out. I think we win this game 85-62. Um, I just think, I think it's time to put up or shut up. I think that we do that. And then we got Boston College on Saturday. We haven't seen them yet. But we get them at home. This is a game that we should – Take care of business, knock them around a little bit. Jack, you got a prediction for this one, or are we just sticking to just win? Win the damn game. I I mean, look, it's Boston College. Like, okay, they have they have posts. Okay. It's Boston College. Win. Just win. Like I I keep making score predictions and I've gotten within five points once. 
That was last never year against up, Louisville. Never, never give up. <laughs> You'll get it one day, man. I'm a little, I'm a little burnt out after the weekend. Just win the game. Fair, D. We gotta get that energy back, though. Yeah, I, um, I will say, no score prediction for Boston College. You just win, but the three-game home stretch, I think, is huge for Duke. Like, if we talk about we need to work on anything, okay, so you're in Durham for a fucking month, pretty much, right? Well, three three game or you know three weeks. <laughs> you <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. Uh, you, you've got to show me that y'all have figured something out. You have thrown this wrinkle into uh, this the game plan, or you know, show me something X's and O's wise that y'all have worked on, perfected, or, or gotten better at. Please, please, you have three games. In Durham, you can practice all you want. You can shoot all you want. Show me some improvement. That's all I want to see. AC. Um, obviously you got the you got the game Wednesday. This game's on Saturday, and then we have a Monday turnaround after that too. So it's the practice this week's gonna be interesting to see kind of what develops. But again, against BC, you shouldn't need it. Um, I'm predicting not only am I gonna predict the score of 82-60. Four, eighty-two, sixty-four. I'm also predicting a uh, a Sean Stewart yam on somebody's head. Right? Oh, I think that. he's gonna have a decent. I think he's gonna have an okay game against Notre Dame. Hey, yeah. Him, but nut, nuts on somebody's <laughs> head, Pablo. Drag <laughs> <laughs> oh. nuts on somebody's head against Boston. <laughs> I said it. No pause. Oh, uh, that's God. crazy! <laughs> wow. Oh, what? <laughs> Okay. Shit. All right. Uh, well, I, I don't know if you need oh, to catch your breath after that, but uh hey yo. I had that shit up. I had that shit up the whole time. Oh that was fantastic. Thank you. I was covering my best to be honest. That's a flagrant foul on you, dog. That was crazy. Look, give me the technical. Let's go. Yeah, that was wild. All right, Zion, do you got a uh, prediction for us? <laughs> hey, y'all wilding on here. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I think Duke takes care of business. Um, I don't got any score prediction. Um, I think, you know, kind of like uh, the quick turnaround, as y'all mentioned, just make sure don't – I don't think it's a trap game because at this point you should not be getting trapped after, you know, UNC. Um but, you know, it's definitely a game where, you know, you can't look ahead to Wake Forest because that's a, obviously the bigger matchup. So I think we take care of business. Yeah, I, I'm with you. 81-68, I think that we're just going to keep building. Keep building, get that chip on your shoulder. You know, anytime that we have some adversity back in the Coach K days, you know, Duke Blue Planet would th- throw out some kind of X's and O's video, pump-up video. I don't know if we're going to get anything like that, but I'd like to see it. But more than more than anything – Duke just has to decide who they want to be going forward. We're going to find out real quick Wednesday night. So, Zion, man, appreciate you uh, jumping on here. Probably where they can find you. Uh, yeah, I mean, Duke fans know where. Uh, Duke NBA on Twitter. Um, you know, um, definitely appreciate y'all invite. This was definitely fun for sure. Um, hopefully I'll come back on again if y'all have me. But, you know, love what y'all are doing. Like I told y'all, um, keep it up. Keep doing y'all. Uh, we need more Duke content creators on here. So, you know, keep doing y'all thing for sure. Appreciate yes, that. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you Appreciate coming you, on. AC, take us away. 
look, pick yourselves up, Duke Nation. Like all this moping and all this talking about we can't, can't, can't. Now that's not. You talk about bringing the standard. I hear people talking about all oh, Duke's a higher standard. Bring yourself up to a standard. Bring yourself up to a damn standard. Stop playing in the dirt. Let's go. We up here. Come up here with us, man. Y'all get about the dirt. Let's go, Duke, baby. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, everywhere. It's all free. Sign up. Discord. Do it all. Do the whole damn thing. Yeah, we're on the Discord now. Discord Discord. now with the Patreon. Come on. The only way you can get to the Discord, though, is by getting on Patreon. You can't be sneaking in the back, though. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's an objection. No, that's an objection. 